Hey, 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 guys, this is Talk Time with Hope. I am Hope. Now let's do it. Let's get to it. It is the ninth day of the ninth month of 2020. Nine, nine, yo. And I have to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. And you're like, what? What is God Hope disappointed? Or rather, what's God Talk Time with Hope disappointed? Thank you very much. Well, I'm just to say, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And if you go around and you say, uh, hey guys, you know what October is? And they'll be like, yeah, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Do you know what the color for breast cancer is? They'll be like, yeah, the color is pink. P to the I to the N to the K. And they would be right. Because everywhere you go, everywhere you look, every turn you take in October, Pink is everywhere. There's pink here. There's pink there. There's pink everywhere. It's on the uniforms or part of the uniforms for the NFL players. It's just everywhere, guys. And don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong. I think it's awesome that it's everywhere because breast cancer is a serious cancer that affects so, 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 so many women. And fun fact, and maybe not so fun, but more of a fact, men are also affected by breast cancer, not just because they might have a loved one that gets it, but moreover, because men are susceptible to getting breast cancer as well. And if that's news to you guys, please make sure that you Google about it. Don't just take my word on it. Google, can men get breast cancer? Because the answer is yes. I honestly did not know that until I was sitting in the VA while getting treatment and there was a guy next to me and we started chatting and he was like I asked him he asked me what I what why what are you in here for like it's some prison and in a way it is kind of a little prison-ish but um I said I was uh, diagnosed with late stage ovarian cancer and I asked him the same and he said he's got breast cancer and that's when it was like what men can get breast cancer and that was in 2012 so yeah it can happen to men too and although I'm very happy that the the awareness that's been going on forever with breast cancer is so 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 up there that you could go to Africa and say pink and pink was gonna be you know connected to breast cancer you can go to the Middle East you can go anywhere in the world for the most part now I mean heck I, I, I have a car I have a Kia uh, vehicle and at the Kia dealership, my uh, car dealer, amazing guy, knows my story about being an ovarian cancer survivor. And he actually, when I purchased my last vehicle, he came over to me and he said, Look, I want to give you something. And he gave me two um, Moritz Kia. Shout out to Moritz Kia. They're amazing. Their people are amazing. Their cars are amazing. Their services for oil changes and whatnot are amazing. But he, um, and I mean, I'll just say that Maritz Kia, um, I go to the one in Fort Worth and then the one in Hearst, but I've really found Maritz Kia to be an amazing uh, car dealership. At any rate, he came to me and he gifted me with two ball caps because I like wearing ball caps. But guess what? Their colors were pink pink guys so yeah pink is everywhere and it's you know and it's equated with breast cancer awareness and again I'm very happy about that 
I'm very glad because you know what? It's taken, it's taken so much from the women who have gone through it, who are loved ones of those who have died from it, um, to, to get the word out. To be where they are today is because of the uh, continued work of so, so, so many people out there. I'm sure mostly women, but men as well. And that's good. That's a good thing. I'm not disappointed with that. What I am disappointed at is the fact that ovarian cancer, a very deadly disease as well, it is a uh, very well known uh, in the medical, uh, you know, uh, sector as something that affects women horribly. Okay, just like breast cancer. So I'm not trying to say one is better than the other. I'm not trying trying to say one needs more attention than the other. Let's 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 face it. All cancers are deserving of awareness. All cancers are deserving of getting the attention out there. Not the cancer itself, but the awareness of the cancers because of the hor- horrible, you know, things that go on. Not just being diagnosed with it and the emotional, psychological effects of being diagnosed with the cancer. Uh, but also the physiological aspects of it, um, what it does to the body and things of that nature. And the repercussions or the consequences rather of what the treatments of radiation and chemotherapy can do to one's body and to one's psyche as well. But today I'm talking about what disappoints me regarding all of this is that September is Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month. I was diagnosed in 2011, guys. I didn't have a clue. I think I had uh, an aunt that was married to that's married to was married to my my late uncle, and she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. But I don't believe it was very very pub- it wasn't publicized very much on Facebook. And you know, back when she got it, I don't know if I was on Facebook as as much as I have been on it in the last couple of years. Well, since you know, what. Facebook got famous in what 2005. I got diagnosed in 2011, so six years later. Uh, but before 2011, when she got diagnosed, and I'm not quite sure. I think she got diagnosed 2009, 2000, maybe 2007. Regardless, I didn't know. I don't remember that she got diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Because when I got diagnosed with ovarian cancer, I didn't even know the cancer existed, guys. I was like, what? There's a thing such as ovarian cancer? Like, I didn't have a clue. I didn't know what the signs and symptoms were. I did not know anything about this cancer. And that was 2011. Here we are at 2020. So that was nine years ago. And then in 2012, I got chemotherapy. Um, I started, you know, of course, I learned a lot about what ovarian cancer is about. Sadly, I learned in the hardest, harshest way, which is by being diagnosed with late stage 3C ovarian cancer. So that was the beginning of my, my fight to bring about awareness. Nine years ago is when I got diagnosed. And here we are nine years later. And as a rideshare service driver, I've stopped and asked people that's in my car. I've asked them, did you guys know that September is Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month? And almost every one of the people that I've asked have said, no, I did not know. Nine years later, nine years after I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, 
people in America still don't know that ovarian cancer, what ovarian cancer really is, what the signs and symptoms are, let alone that September is the month for ovarian cancer awareness, as well as childhood cancer, I believe. They don't know the color that it stands for or that represents the women gynecological cancers, which is, by the way, in case you wondered, and yes, there might be a survey at the end of this episode, the color is teal, T-E-A-L, which is not green and it's not blue and it's not, it's teal. It's its own actual color. And that's disheartening. That's just sad to me because nine years later, we seem in America to not have made much of a progress. Have we? I mean, in 2013, I went to Washington, D.C. for the first time for the ovarian cancer um, conference for, um, used to be called Ovarian Cancer Coalition Research, or I don't even remember what it is now, Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance, I think. Um, Basically, two groups got together, and they're one now. And at any rate, they've been having these conferences in D.C. with the exception of this year because of COVID-19 um, every summer in, in, in Washington, D.C. And sometimes they've done it in other states, like one time it was in San Diego. But at any rate, in 2013 is when I went. So that was seven years ago that I went. And it was amazing to see these survivors, see loved ones of those who have passed away and seeing how passionate they were to get the to get together and, and share their stories and talk about, you know, ways to understand the things that go along with being a cancer survivor, you know, when it comes to even what's in the bedroom with uh, being intimate again, when it comes to the different types of uh, medication and, and stuff like that. And, and a big, big and, and going to your state representatives um, and talking to them about getting more funding for ovarian cancer awareness. Uh, getting um, getting the funding that we need to continue the fight for awareness and all the things that go with that. Because we don't currently, if you wondered, hey, Hope, is there an actual test to take that can help people know if they've got ovarian cancer? And to that, I say, what a good question, mate. Unfortunately, the answer is no. Breast cancer has mammograms um, and a lot of other cancers thankfully have exams testing blood work whatever to be able to find out if they have uh, the, the certain cancers that they're looking at but ovarian cancer does not uh, I think cervical cancer has a pap smear but ovarian cancer pap smears pap smears do not I repeat pap smears do not detect ovarian cancer they are not a test to see if you have ovarian cancer. Unfortunately, that does not work. We have a thing called a CA-125, and that is a blood tumor marker. But even that is not 100% accurate. That's why we can't say it is something that can detect cancer. Yes, it's a good um, resource to have, uh, because even though it's not 100% accurate, it's still something that could help. So real quick and I think I've said it in one of my episodes back in May um, because May 8th is World Ovarian Cancer Day but I want to repeat this for any new listeners that might come to my uh, podcast thank you in advance for taking the time to give me a listen by the way I appreciate it so so, so, so much 
At any rate, CA-125, when I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, it wasn't a 100%. Basically, they have to go in and they had to go inside and perform a surgery that lasted almost seven hours, um, basically opening me up to see what was there. And that's when the cancer was definitively found. However, they knew, they pretty much knew or felt strongly that it was ovarian cancer because I had masses on both of my ovaries. And right before I went into surgery, I was told that my CA-125 count was almost a thousand. I was in the upper 900s. Now, you might also be asking, well, what's the normal range for CA-125? And to that, I say, another good question. Thank you for asking. The normal range for a CA-125 is anywhere from 0 to 39, I believe. 39 or 35. I always get that confused. Let's just say 39. So 39 is the top for a CA-125. And my number was in the high 900s. So that gives you an understanding of like, wow. That does not sound good. And as, as high as that sounds, there are women that have shared on a social media that their CA-125s were in the thousands, like 2,000, 3,000. And that's just wow. Big indication that something's going on there. Um, again, I have to stress this again, that uh, CA-125 is not 100% soundproof. There could be people with um, a higher, above average CA-125 count and yet not have cancer and there could be people who have a low ca-125 count and have cancer so it's still something that we can't tell the people the public that yeah this is a test for it because it's not accurate 100 at any rate that's how cancer was found for me i had the bloating i had the feeling of fullness after i've eaten um i couldn't eat very much i just l- lack of appetite um loss uh loss of like well not loss of because i didn't lose weight i gained weight because my bloating the bloating got to the point where i gained probably i was 165 i gained 20 pounds i was like 185 on the day of surgery my stomach was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and even though i'm tall and i can hide my weight it looked as if i was pregnant my mom says look like i was nine months pregnant but i'm like i don't know if i look that big maybe eight seven or eight months but still very obvious how much my stomach had gotten bigger uh, I had a lot of fatigue I had back pain every symptom that I had is on the cards of when you get any kind of card or any kind of message about ovarian cancer awareness but here's the thing nobody told me before 2011 I didn't know that can this this cancer existed so of course I didn't know what to look out for I didn't know what symptoms to look out for. And sadly, ovarian cancer symptoms also mask other, they they can be uh, seen as other issues like irritable bowel syndrome, um, a couple of other things that doctors might might say, this is what's going on because they're not going to take it as serious. I mean, they're not going to jump to say, oh my gosh, you might have ovarian cancer. However, maybe that's what they need to do in order to catch this sucker earlier. Because a lot of the women who get diagnosed with ovarian cancer are found so late that it's almost too late in the sense that it necessitizes it spreads to other places because it wasn't found in time 
And I don't know how many stories I've heard from women saying, you know, my doctor dismissed this as this, my doctor dismisses that. I read an article about a doctor dismissing and thought that their appendix was rupturing. And then when they went into surgery, they found out it's not your appendix. You freaking got a lot of cancer inside your body that happens to be ovarian cancer. So even in the medical field, there are doctors who are missing it. And so I feel like doctors need to be, you know, given a little side training about signs and, signs and symptoms of ovarian cancer so they don't misdiagnose somebody and they can uh, refer them to specialists. But that's just me. That's just me. At any rate, I'm just, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. Nobody ever stopped to talk to me about it. I didn't hear about this in the schools that I went to, in the workplaces that I went to. There were no cancer awareness uh, things going on in the hospitals I even worked at because I would have remembered. No taxi driver, rideshare driver ever shared with this information with me, although there were no rideshares back when I got diagnosed because it was in 2011. Um, but that's what I'm doing. I'm doing what wasn't done for me. I'm giving cards away, thankfully, from normalee.org. Um, the Norma, Norma, Norma Lee organization is a huge organization that give away for free signs, uh, symptoms of ovarian cancer so people can pass them out. And I got a lot of them. I ordered a lot of them. So when I ride around and do my job as a rideshare service driver, I can give them away to women that I meet. And not even just women, because men, of course, you guys have loved ones. You have female loved ones. And if there's a guy that I kind of have a good feeling that he'd be open for me sharing with him, because at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to be pushy. Even though sometimes I think sometimes you've got to be pushy when it comes to awareness for cancers. But I still, you know... If there's somebody that's not talking to me, doesn't want to talk to me, and he just wants to be left alone, then I'm not going to say anything. And I'm actually trying to put it on the back of my car where I can, you know, tape it on the back of my car, which honestly, I just realized that there is a piece of tape on the back of the, the cars that I was given that I can put on the back seat of my vehicle where people can read it and they can take a picture of it, you know, and share it that way as well. But at the end of the day, I'm just kind of going to give them to anybody and everybody and I'm leaving them at gas stations I'm leaving these cards anywhere and everywhere um, so if you come across a normally uh, card about ovarian cancer awareness um, there's somebody out there that's doing their best to get the word out to get the word out things that we weren't given I know I can't be the only one that was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and was like what what is ovarian cancer and what were the symptoms? What are the symptoms? Because I didn't know. Yeah. So I'm definitely no angel. I'm no saint. I just want to be somebody who gives other people chances that I didn't get. And outside of the fact that I didn't know what ovarian cancer was or that it existed and what the signs were, I also was a bit of an idiot, to be honest. I was in denial. I did not listen to my body. I had a body that was talking because our bodies guys our bodies talk to us when we're hungry it growls when we're sleepy we start to yawn our eyes get itchy our body is telling us we need to rest there there are so many ways that our bodies talk to that our body talks to us and so it's no different when we're sick we know when we're sick we're getting a cough we're getting you know runny nose there are things that are going on in our body that we need to pay attention to and so when it comes to cancers, most cancers have 
things that are going on with our body that our body's basically talking to us. And so when my body was talking to me, I wasn't listening. And it was small, subtle, little whispers that were going on. Because when I was diagnosed with this in December of 2011, the doctors believed that I had started having this as far back as June. So six months, five to six months before is when everything started, even though it was small. But I never listened to my body. I never had anybody tell me, you know what, your body talks to you, listen to it. And that's why I try to do my best to give back. That's why I did advocacy in Saudi Arabia in the three cities that I lived in. And I'm so blessed that I was able to do that. That's why I'm so blessed and so grateful that there are people, not just Saudis, but the teachers that I worked with from many different countries who started to be aware of what ovarian cancer was because of the advocacy that I got to do there. And when I say I got to do there, it was by the, because I got permission from my superiors, from the upper management um, to let me do the awareness. Um, and it was also my wonderful friend, Jovan, who uh, is an American living in Saudi Arabia. She has a family there, um, who actually was a person that gave me confidence and helped me at one of the colleges that I worked at. To, 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 she encouraged me and helped me to bring about awareness back in 2016. I'm going to forever be grateful to her. Um, at any rate, that's what makes me want to continue to continue to push this advocacy and hearing from people say no I didn't know anything about September being ovarian cancer awareness and no I didn't know that the color teal was the color for women's gynecological cancers that also yes it makes me sad and yes it disappoints me that nine years later we still aren't anywhere much different than we were nine years before however at the same time it also is what's motivating me to continue to continue and to continue with the awareness and the advocacy and the activism that I've been doing for the past seven years when it first started when I first went to Washington DC and I got so much inspiration and encouragement and motivation from all the people that were a part of that conference and let me tell you I've lost people from that conference I went there for the first time 2013 and I took my mom with me we had an amazing road trip from Texas all the way there and we even went to Niagara Falls to see the uh, to see well we to see Niagara Falls but at any rate when I sat down uh, my mom and I sat down at this table uh, for the newbies the first timers um, I ended up sitting down by this woman named Pat and another woman named Janice. And they were both new. They were both older than me. I wasn't the youngest one there, but I was one of the younger ones there. I mean, I was 40, 43, I think. And Janice was, I think, 50. And Pat was probably in her late 60s. And But there were other women there, lots of other women there, and lots of women uh, that were probably... Well, not, I can't say lots of women, but there were more than a few women that were younger than me. And so it's not just like people want to think it's an old woman's disease or an old person's disease. And it's not at all. Sadly, more and more younger people are being diagnosed with this disease. But at any rate, here we are seven years later. 
and Pat, she passed away from this disease. I don't even know if it was a full year after that conference. And my, I didn't get to know her as much as I got to know Janice, but she was a lovely woman, this Pat. And I was so happy to have met her, blessed really to have met her. But then there was Janice. Janice was amazing. Not much older than me, a wonderful gal. She had fought this cancer when, the, when she got diagnosed with the cancer, they told her she had six months to live. But she, I think, was already, was already living five years. She never truly got to be in remission because she just continued to have this disease again and again and again. And, and the chemo would not work with her. And I don't understand why some bodies are able to accept the chemo and some bodies are rejected. I don't know. I don't know why some people get it worse and some people get it less. You know what I'm saying? Like we were diagnosed with the same stage I believe, like others that I met, and yet our bodies reacted differently to chemo. I'm still here. And Janice fought, fought it for so long, and she ended up having to stop chemotherapy because her body just was just deteriorating. She lost so much weight. And the last time I saw her was, I believe, in 2015, and I went to Myrtle Beach to see her and spend a couple of days with her. And it was so, I'm so glad I did. Um, at any rate, she got to do things that the doctors probably never thought would happen. She got to see her son get married. And on top of that, she got to meet her two grandchildren, something she never even thought she would do. But unfortunately, guys, unfortunately, Janice passed away not too long ago. I'm so glad that I got to meet her and I'm so glad that I got to see her. And I'm so glad that she got to do things that she never thought she would do. But at the end of the day, she's another life that was lost, that left this earth way too soon because of a stupid cancer. A cancer that so many people in this country still know so little about. And that's why we keep advocating. That's why... I will continue to, to say something in, about this disease until there is a cure, until there is more out there about this. And even, even a cure wouldn't really be the best. We want to know how to prevent it. So until my time is done, I'm going to do my best to keep pushing for awareness, keep doing my part, even if it's just a small part of giving cards away every year. But I know it's going to be more than that. (laughs) So the two people that I sat with at that table in DC at the conference are no longer here. And I'm sure there are more women that were at that conference that are no longer here as well that I just never met. And there those that didn't go to that conference, but were diagnosed or survivors from ovarian cancer all over the world who are no longer here because they died of that disease. And for some reason, I'm still here. I fought it twice now. And I just found out today that one of my good friends in Houston, her mother was diagnosed and she went into remission, but then it came back and now her mom's in hospice. And that just hurts my heart. 
because it's just so much tragedy because of stupid cancer. And yes, not just ovarian cancer, but all cancers. And so, I don't know. As much as it makes me sad, it also is what motivates me that there is still need to keep talking about it, to keep advocating about it, to keep that awareness going. And to remember, just because people don't know about it at the time that you talk to them about it, when they walk away or get out of the car or whatever from talking to you, they will definitely know about it after that. And that's what matters. They didn't know, but now they know. And if I get to be a person that gets to contribute to that, I'm thankful and I thank God for that. Because I could stay silent because it's emotional to talk about it. But I choose not to stay silent. I choose to just keep pushing forward, believing that maybe one person can be helped and maybe one person will get something great out of that conversation out of that little card that I gave them and if they happen to get cancer they will get caught early where they might be able to not have to have chemo where they'll be able to maybe save one of their ovaries where they can they can actually still have children and that makes it all worth makes it all worth it really so that's what this episode has been about today Thank you for tuning in. I know it's a little long, but you know what? When it comes to talking about this, I don't think it's something that we should do in such a short, short time. It needs to be spoken about. And my story isn't just a short little story. And my, thankfully, my story continues. And, you know, hopefully I'll get the motivation to write a sequel to Hope Through Cancer. Oh, by the way, if you haven't, bought my book you can go online and get the book hope through cancer by moi and yes you have to know my last name my my name is hope aguilar and if you were somehow wanting to get a copy of my book and have it inscribed well you can message me do a private message to this app or send me an email through to talktimewithhope at gmail.com and um i can get a book out to you Half of the cost of the book will go to ovarian cancer awareness, so I'm charging $10. If you want me to mail it to you, of course, wherever you live in America, just add another, I don't know, $3, so it would be $13 for shipping handling. Um, But you'd have to contact me uh, via email if you want that, and I have no problem. I have a lot of books. I'm trying to figure out how to actually get these books out there. I have so many, and I've just procrastinated on marketing them and hey if you have an idea on how I can sell these books I really have about honestly about two to three hundred books with me and a lot more in some storage in Waco that I pay monthly storage fee for but at any rate reach out to me I'd love to share my story with you and as far as like you getting to read it in a book um if if or if you just want to Get it online at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Again, it's called Hope Through Cancer by Hope Aguilar. But I'd like to also um, write a sequel to it to let let people know where I am today, and of course that I battled cancer again. And by the grace of God, I'm still here for a reason. So, thank you for tuning in. I hope you're staying safe. 
I hope you're staying healthy. And now that you know, guys, I hope you spread some awareness on your end about ovarian cancer, especially this month of September. And if you are in America and you're in some other country, doesn't matter. You can spread awareness there too. Thanks again. As always, God bless you. And I will see you on the flip side. This has been Talk Time with Hope. I am Hope. Bye for now. Bye for now.